Tom, thank you so much for uh, for joining me for this conversation. I know you've been building communities, it seems like your whole life, building websites, driving traffic. So excited to dive into it and hear about your experience. Thanks so much, Mark. Yeah, I'm excited to be here and chat with you. Awesome. Yeah, I've followed you conversations with Chris Doe, who is somebody that I look up to and respect and um, been following your work for a while and your your recent book about community building, which it's positioned almost like a free resource, but it's really a book that you just give away. And there's so much value in that. So um, I, pre- yeah, I appreciate so, that. <laughs> absolutely. Um, have you always been good at building community? Is, is that something you just naturally were gifted in or is that a skill or something that you've had to develop? Uh, yes and no would be the truth. So I was good in certain ways. Like I, I really enjoyed it from a young age to even as a young teenager, I was creating forums, spending my life in there, befriending the members, connecting them and loving the process. So I was good in that sense and that that came naturally, but I've had so many failed communities along the way. Hey, are you interested in marketing, community building, NFTs and crypto, social media and the metaverse? It's all moving fast and it's easy to be overwhelmed. No one knows the future and no one knows exactly what the intersection of these things will look like. My name is Mark Robinson and I do my best to break it down as we connect with leaders in the space and figure it out together. Thanks for listening as we laugh, learn and lean into the future of digital marketing. And even recently, you know, like in the Mm. last few years, I've had a Facebook group that I couldn't commit enough time to. So that failed. Like if you're in community, you will fail. And if you're not failing, you're not trying enough communities. All of the best Mm. community builders I know have had probably more failures than successes. And invariably you learn what doesn't work through those failures. I know it sounds so cliche, but it is so true. I'm very grateful for the lessons that have come from fail communities. And, you know, even within my company, we've invested like thousands in community and a lot of people hours and resource. And we had a spectacular failure, but a year or two later, we relaunched on a different platform. We did things very differently and, and it's looking incredibly promising with our, our newer iteration on that, which we couldn't have probably got to without the failed iteration two, three years ago. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Well, it's encouraging to hear that you still fail sometimes at community building as well. Um, is that, I mean, you failing to build a community, is that because sometimes you, like, is there an element of luck? It's not just a dialed in step-by-step process that guarantees success in community building or what have you learned through that? Um, I, I mean, I think luck plays a part in all of our lives, but I don't like to kind of lean on it because it's not controllable often. Mm -hmm. So I think there are frameworks but it's much like business, right? There's some fundamental stuff which you should be doing and you're probably going to fail without it. But equally, there's no blueprint. Otherwise, everyone would just follow that and have a successful business. And I would say it's the same for community. So what there are, as I say, are those fundamental pillars, things like properly defining and understanding your value proposition, actually having a plan before you launch, having a Mm -hmm. plan for member acquisition, uh, ensuring that members are clearly aligned around a, a core purpose and have clarity on the purpose of the community, understanding how to correctly onboard, uh, how to cultivate engagement. Like all of these things are learnable and controllable and very powerful, um, but they're overlooked by a staggering number of people. So what's a very common way of doing community is someone says, oh, community's kind of trendy right now, or Mm -hmm. my audience are asking for a community. They throw a community up. They throw as many people into that community as humanly possible without any real purpose, 
value prop structure. They just chuck everyone in there and it's a complete mess. It's exciting for a week. Engagement invariably dies off because no one quite knows what they're doing there. And then the community leader loses interest and either winds the community up or it it becomes like a graveyard on the internet. That happens an awful lot. And it's very sad when Mm -hmm. it happens, but it, it seems to be very common as a narrative and like i say it's avoidable by actually understanding those fundamental pillars of community and deploying them right so i think to your point it is an extremely trendy thing right now community building it seems like if you're not building a community you're almost missing out and i think especially with web3 and DAOs and decentralization and all those things being pushed to the forefront um as well that's in like in the nft space it's all about community. And so a lot of people are talking about community. If you're a business or a brand, how do you decide, should I be investing my efforts into building a community or is that not the best use of my time? How do you begin to think about that? So first and foremost, I think um, don't do it just based on a gut feel. Like, huh, everyone's talking about community or maybe we should have a community. It needs Mm -hmm. to be thought out like any business venture. Um, And, you know, we could talk for hours about how to do that. Um, It's definitely worth looking up and Googling David Spinks's spaces model. This is quite Mm -hmm. a systematic way for businesses and organizations to think about how community can bring them value. And so, you know, is it helping with acquisition of new users is it uh success based in that it's you know your community allows your members to better use your products and services and this kind of thing and there's many examples um that he gives very well on how to think about that stuff and we use the spaces model ourselves it's kind of the gold standard nice. i think right now yeah um so, so you know definitely think things through i'm also a huge believer in validation and iteration so what I would do is often I would launch an MVC. This is not an MVP, minimum viable product. It's a minimum viable right. community. Um, mm-hmm. That is a, uh, a term coined by Rosie Sherry, who's great in the community industry. And um, I think Rosie's spot on with that, right? Because we should be launching agile, small, low cost communities wherever possible until we've really found that community market fit. And then we can iterate and build on that very aggressively. It's like that kind of lean startup methodology, right? right? And this is much less risky. And you can even do stuff where you, you know, you could do an event-based community to test the water, or you could do a limited time community. I think what an awful lot of people do is they put too much resource and time behind it before they know if anyone likes it or what aspects of it they resonate with. They haven't validated. Um, And then they... (laughs) They, they basically just run into a world of trouble. So um, they're doing things like throwing out lifetime memberships and you know they're putting themselves on the hook for life, which mm-hmm. is a, a yeah. tremendous risk. But something you could do is like, okay, there seems to be an appetite for community. We have a broad plan around what value we can bring members, what value we can get as an organization. What we're going to do is we're going to launch this thing uh, and say we're going to do it for a month. And if we do it for a month and it completely fails, fine, we tried it, it's an experiment. If we do it for a month and there's a huge appetite and it does even better than we expected or we see real promise, well, then we can extend it. Um, but what we're not right. doing is over-promising and under-delivering. We're starting small, we start with a core group of people, we build with them, and if we feel like we're onto something, we can reinvest into that in terms of time and resources and scale it. Um, but we're not going naught to 60. Right. Yeah, that's good. Can you maybe talk a little bit about the difference between audience and community. I think a lot of people have a social media audience or a following. 
um, and are thinking through, okay, what does it look like for me to build an actual community? Do I transition my social audience into community? Um, can you maybe talk about what the difference is between an audience and a community and then what that looks like to transition towards actually fostering a community? For sure. Um, so I think often when you're trying to define community, there are many different def definitions floating around by different people on the internet. And it's also kind of blurred lines. So mm -hmm. an audience, traditionally speaking, is one to many. It is one person or one organization broadcasting to an audience of many followers, subscribers, podcast listeners, etc. So that is things like um, a Twitter following, Instagram following, um, YouTube viewers, podcast listeners, newsletter subscribers, blog readers. Right. This is typically what we think of as an audience. A community is many talking to many. So the best way to think about it is can and are your community interacting with each other, the members interacting with each other when you're asleep in bed. So mm. this would be something like uh, a Slack group, a Discord server, a circle forum, um, a WhatsApp group even. You, you know, all of these different places, they can kind of thrive and live on even when you're not physically there. And that's a very powerful thing. But what you also right. get is you can have audiences that have a sense of community. And this is where the lines get blurred. So I know people that don't strictly run a community platform or a forum or something like that, but right. their following, their audience feel very much connected to one another. It could be around a shared sense of belonging or buying into a shared set of values or a mission that, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that kind of key person uh, espouses on. So it, it, it's tricky and, and, depending how you define it you could say you know you're part of a community by being a star trek fan you're a trekkie right even though you're not going yeah. to uh, events and conventions which are perhaps more of a traditional community space um just by wearing that badge of honor and having that aligned values um you know you, you're kind of part of the club and so you're part of the community so are you are you part of a community just because you're passively consuming a program and because you identify with it if it's based on mm -hmm. self-identification, to what degree? So how strongly do you have to resonate with something? And so that's where I think it becomes problematic to try and put community or indeed audience in a box. Um, right. I think it's more just a broad understanding of, um, you know, where you fall on that spectrum. Right. And just to like dive in a little bit deeper on something you just brought up, which is a community is when people are interacting and engaging and the community goes on even while you're asleep, right? What's the process of you start a community, you've got a handful of members. Initially, I think you're stoking every conversation. You're putting a lot of hours and time and one-on-one -on -one time into building those relationships and getting it started to it becoming self-sustaining. I mean, you've got, I think, a community of close to 800,000 members now with design cuts of creatives. Um, and so I would imagine that there's a lot of en engagement and interaction without you being involved. What does that transition and process look like of going from you doing everything up front to it being a bit more self-sustaining. Um, yeah. So often this refers to hitting a critical mass, which is the point where it is more self-sustaining. It's incredibly common in the early days that you have to stoke every fire, every conversation, mm -hmm. and that's entirely natural. And on my blog, I've, I've done articles about how to actually coax engagement out of early members because it can feel like a catch-22, right? No one wants to yeah. engage in a space where there's no engagement, but there really are tactics. Right. Um, and if we have time, I'm happy to share a couple. Um, when you get to a certain scale, you know, it's not like we have a forum with 800,000 members in. Um, and that would be insanely 
active, often what happens is your community will kind of fracture and splinter into different groups. So mm -hmm. we have thousands of uh, members in our newer forum platform that we've launched. We have tens of thousands of members in Facebook groups. We have events that have tens of thousands of people attend and interact, which technically counts as a community as well. So we've kind of got these different pockets to serve community in different ways. Um, I think that comes with scale and that's important. And, you know, we have various segments within our audience with different interest levels and people that want different things. So that's quite mm -hmm. natural within an organization. But um, again, if we're talking about that kind of early stage community, the tumbleweed, the painful process of trying to eke out conversation from anyone, um, I, I would say that's a common position that people find themselves in. I can give you one tip actually while we're here because I yeah. do like getting practical. Yeah, I love it. So um, I wrote an, an article about this recently. Essentially what you do is every time someone joins your closed community, you send them a private message with like a warm personal welcome. Hey Mark, thank you so much for joining. Appreciate you being here. I hope you get tons of value. Um, just to kick off, I'd really love to know what are you currently focused on or, or struggling with based on whatever the community's topic may be? So mm -hmm. with my community, Learn Community, it's a community for community builders. So I'll say, what's your biggest struggle right now building community? You might come back and say, well, actually, this thing's been going a bit wrong. It's been really bugging me. So that's my biggest struggle. I will then write back and say, cool. So I definitely have a great answer for that. But would you mind just posting that as a question in the forum? That way I will answer you, but you will also get help from other members. And our conversation can help your fellow members because many of them are probably going through that as well. So what I'm doing is I'm kicking off the conversation because it's way harder for you to ignore a private message. You can ignore right. a forum and just not bother to post, but if someone directly messages you, it feels kind of rude just to blank them. So almost sure. everyone responds to that initial message. Then you're there to truly help and serve. So you're setting a good tone, right? Of like, how can I help? What are you struggling with? When you answer me, what I'm then doing is I'm taking a private interaction and I'm making it public. So for the other members, they haven't seen all this behind the scenes stuff. All they're saying is, cool, there's activity in the forum or in the community right. or the Discord server or whatever. Like there's stuff happening. So suddenly that's going to get more people more likely to engage because it feels less quiet and it's repeatable. So I did this recently. We had a cohort of new members and our engagement was insane because typically forums don't see like that much engagement until they're at mm -hmm. quite a bit of scale. We're only around 150 members. We were getting like 10 plus posts per day and like really amazing questions and interactions. So for anyone dropping in, they're like, damn, this is like the most active forum of this size ever. But it's because right. there's a lot of work behind the scenes with everything being directed back into that central place. Awesome. Love that practical tip. I actually saw you post that and I implemented it and I have seen results from that of directly messaging somebody if they, you know, retweeted a post or something and they're showing some interaction saying, Hey, thanks so much for sharing this. We'd love to learn more, you know, and like beginning that interaction and then transitioning that, that into the community. So yeah, that was a good tip and, and it's been helpful. So, well, I want to be respectful of your time, Tom. I know you're CEO of a company and it's one of those days you said back to backs all day. And so <laughs> Um, I think our, our time is coming short here, but, um, I, I'd, I'd love to chat in the future though, for sure. Yeah. We'd love, we'd love that as well. Um, if somebody wants to dive more into community building, my recommendation would be your book, the, the resource that you've put out on community building is, is that what you'd recommend as well? Is there another place that you'd encourage people to start? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I think, um, probably the three main places, uh, communitymanual.com is the book. 175 mm -hmm. pages completely free my blog is at tomross.co 
where I blog every week on tactics like what I just shared. And also I'm Tom Ross Media on the socials if you want to say hi. That's always fun. Awesome. But Mark, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. I'll put all that in show notes and we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Appreciate you. Bye, Mark.